When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Player Profiler Faithful, it's Maddie Kiwoom. Welcome to episode 31 of The Game Plan. Please hit that like button and leave a comment and make sure you're subscribed to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Ever been asked to uh, take over an incredibly bad roster? Or have you ever made some bad bets and now you're stuck with a putrid team? You're going to want to stick around because today we are going to talk about resurrecting some dead dynasty rosters. So gang, get out your pen and pad and let's start game planning to save our dynasty squads. Planners, whew. Today, I am joined by a colossal guest. He is a titan in the industry, so you better come correct. You can watch him on a number of shows on the Roto Underworld Network, including, but not limited to, The Mind of Mansion, The Decision Point, Sonic Truth, and even during the season, he hosts the Player Profilers Waiver Wire Show and Top 10 Takeaways, which in my opinion, is the best Monday morning recap show in the fantasy industry. He is the commander of the Cliché Alert, the director of Dance Parties, the founder and CEO of Player Profiler. I'm talking about the podfather himself, Matt Kelly. What is up, Matt? Oh! <laughs> I was like, who is he talking about? Man, he does this show and is a mind of mansion and... He also does a top 10 takeaways. Who? Oh, I think I know who he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, we're talking Ooh. about the big dog. El Capitan, baby. Thank yeah. you for joining, man. Yeah, I'm glad I uh, was able to uh, carve out a little hour here with you, buddy, on a Sunday. It's cool. Yes, sir. Very excited to talk. And like I said, we are talking about resurrecting dead dynasty rosters, whether it be your own or an orphan. But before we dive into the first segment, I'd like to surprise the guest with a couple of questions. Mm. How long have you been playing fantasy football and how would you describe your fantasy management style? Uh, let's see. I started playing fantasy football in 2002, so it's been 21 years. Oh, yeah. So you can yep. drink. Your gaming can legally drink. Yeah, my first pick ever was Tony Gonzalez. Okay. And I uh, took him at the end of the first round. I had a whole theory about tight ends and leverage at the position and, you know, uh, based on, you know, uh, the what is now value over stream on the website. But that was sort of my initial thought about, you know, sort of value over replacement that Tony Gonzalez was basically Kelsey well before yes. Kelsey. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. And then after him, it was Antonio Gates. And then after him, it was Jimmy Graham. Then after him, it was Gronk. And then it was Kelsey. And it was Kelsey. And now we, we still are. have Kelsey. And now we, we we do need to figure out who's going to be Kelsey after Kelsey. 
And Kelsey, that's a good, that's a nice category. That Kelsey after Kelsey. I don't know who that's going to be. That's it's it's it may be someone in the league right now. Mm-hmm. You know who knows? It could be Chigakwankwu. We don't know. We don't know who it's going to be exactly. Right? Could be maybe a little Dallas Goddard. You think? Probably not. <laughs> Goddard is already twenty eight, so that's probably he's probably out. It's probably going to be someone a little younger. Uh, Kyle Pitts is still in play. Of course, right? Kyle never Pitts still him in out. play. Uh, let's see if so if you go to Kelsey's uh page on player profiler you can scroll down you can see his his career stats year by year his first year was a lost season he had the micro fracture procedure on a torn acl Mm -hmm. so his second year is when he first started producing right it was uh 2014 was really his first year that was he had 862 yards and five tds and then he had another exact same year 875 yards with five TDs. Again, top 10 though, right? He was top 10, top 10, like tight end eight, tight end nine. Mm -hmm. And then boom, he was a top two tight end from that moment forward. So that's, that's what you'd need. You'd need a guy that's been around the top 10 for like three years. The guy that actually meets that criteria not looking so much at the efficiency because I think his efficiency hasn't been what you'd want, but he he's been in that neighborhood and that's TJ Hawkinson. So it, it it's, it's certainly possible right at 25 mm-hmm. years old with uh, in his last three years, right? He had a lost season pretty much 2019. Yep. Put up like over 300 yards. Then he was tight end seven, tight end seven, tight end four. And you can see the climb. Uh, up to 130 targets. Now he's in an even more target-rich environment for a full season. No right. Elon, and they haven't they haven't added anyone else in free agency in Minnesota uh, that that anyone really cares about anyway. Uh, it's just you know you'd like to see better yards per route run, right? He was 1.69. That was outside the top 10 yeah. yards per reception, ranked number 20th. His target premium, looking at any given target in his offense that he operated in. What was he delivering in terms of fantasy points vis-a-vis the other receivers on his team it was a negative 9.0 target premium. So the, the advanced stats in the efficiency side of the column, not great opportunity, mm-hmm. right? So he's very much an opportunity driven asset. And we talked to Lord Reeves on the show. You don't want to be drafting guys specifically based on the opportunity first. You want to draft a great football player who's super efficient, and then right. if he's getting opportunity, then that's great. So the initial assessment is if you're going to just look at fantasy points scored in the season and age, really the only Kelsey we have right now as an option would be Hawkinson. I don't think Firemuth quite has enough athleticism juice to get there. Right. Okay, that's not going to happen. And his second year, he wasn't a top ten tight end, so it's, that's that's unlikely. So remember, Kelsey's also you know uh, an upper percentile athlete. Mm-hmm. So if we keep going down the board, Evan Ingram's too dusty, way, way too dusty at this way point. Past Goddard's past, he's twenty eight. Kittle's twenty nine. So it, it's going to have to be either Hawkinson or Pitts. That's what it's, it's what's going to even Mark Andrews is 27. He's going to be 28 mm-hmm. early this season. And he has a, a hard ceiling just because of the Lamar Jackson factor. And now they're adding receivers in Baltimore. So right. it'd be difficult for him to be, a, to be any kind of a Kelsey type figure. So it could, could be one of these guys that are coming out. 
right? It could be one of it these. It is a tight end class. You know, a lot of people are excited. It's a great tight end class. Great tight end class. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So who knows? It could be Luke Musgrave. Mm-hmm. Luke Musgrave could be the next. Luke Musgrave has a Kelsey-like vibe. He's wearing a mustache. He's not taking himself <laughs> too seriously. He's goofing around. Yeah. But he's got size. He's got exceptional athleticism. He wasn't a big-time college producer. Neither was Kelsey. So there, there's some similarities. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There. Kelsey, uh, Kelsey's yeah. a little bit of a weird profile, too, because coming out, you know, he was the first pick in the third round. So his draft capital isn't super high, like like either Hawkinson or, or, or Kyle Pitts. His most productive season at Cincinnati was 722 yards. Uh, he did have that missed season when he was smoking the ganja. So he, he has that in his profile. But what's so great about Kelsey and why he's been so valuable? His first four years, first three, well, first four years in the league, essentially, he was operating under Alex Smith or other quarterbacks. And then it wasn't until 2018, I believe, when Mahomes was the everyday starter. You know, we've seen him not finish. We, we haven't seen him finish outside the top two at the tight end position ever since. And the dude is the beacon of health. So if anyone's going to be the next Kelsey, I like the Hawkinson call because do we see that similarity with a QB upgrade in year four? Yeah. I mean, in terms of fantasy point scoring trajectory, and the athletic profile, it's just we haven't seen it reflected on the field mm-hmm. in the efficiency column yet with Hawkinson. Right. Yep. There's still hope because he's 25. Right. right. He's not a fully formed tight end. There's so much to learn. Tight ends have to learn all the blocking assignments and then mm-hmm. all the route running assignments. It's incredibly difficult. By year three and four, they're finally starting to look like themselves, and, and he's top five tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, by that time so it's it's possible it's possible but i want to see what Pitts is going to be this year Pitts, if he takes a big leap forward especially in those efficiency metrics right then we can start to consider Pitts to be that guy he has everything we want he was a unicorn when he came out in his rookie class that doesn't go away just because the production quite hasn't been exactly what we want in fantasy but it's still there i mean he had over a thousand yards his rookie season the first guy since what dick buckus to do that Dick? so really yeah i think that was the first uh tight end rookie when in his rookie campaign to have had a thousand yards since dick buckets i want to say dick buttkiss yes am i not saying Dick buttkiss or now i'm getting old old, old chicago bears dick buttkiss no is he the linebacker who's the tight end dick buttkiss was not a a I think you're thinking of someone else. No, who, Mike Ditka is the other Mike guy. Mike so That's who. <laughs> yeah, whoever the tight end was. That Dick is Butkist the guy was a, a, a linebacker. Yeah, so Mike Ditka, Mike Ditka was the right? last guy to have a thousand yards Ditka. receiving as a tight end. Ditka, not Butkiss. Dick Butkiss. <laughs> Dick Butkiss. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, we ain't even eleven minutes in in this thing. Dick going Butkiss. On I love it. Dick Butkiss. <laughs> Dick Butkiss or Dick Mike Butkiss. Ditka. Dick Dick Butkiss. the ball. That's how I'm going to remember this further. This is my Michael Scott mind association. Not Dick Butt kicks your butt as a linebacker. Mike Dick catch the ball. Mike Ditka. Boom. Now it's in there forever. I'll never forget this. Thank you, Matt. And then there's also Raymond Barry. Raymond Barry was another great uh, throwback tight end. Uh, so there's, there's there's some good good throwback tight ends you can go to, but it's they're so different now in terms of their abilities. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. So but yeah, I, I think so. We've we've narrowed it down to three dudes, three dudes. And yeah. don't give me in the chat. Don't give me Dulcich and get. No, we're not talking about two hundred and forty pound move tight ends. We're not talking about guys that have a Zach Ertz ceiling. Right. You want to talk about the next Zach Ertz? Yeah, we can talk about Dulcich. That's great. Cool. That's a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. Kinda. Not really. 
<laughs> we're talking about a, an actual super fun conversation, which is the next Travis Kelsey. The big dog. We've, we've right. narrowed that down to either Hawkinson or Pitts or Musgrave. Okay. So we got the top three for the next Kelsey Award. Love it. So you not come... Dick Butkus. Not, <laughs> not unless you get IDP leagues. Maybe you're looking for the next Dick Butkus. Dick we ain't Butkus. talking IDP here. We're not. We're talking Dick, offensive Dick only. Mike Dicka. Yeah. So you come for the resurrecting dynasty talk, but you stay around for the confusion around Dick Puckus and Mike Dicka. But no, there's no confusion. I just it love, wasn't my. I was I love confused. the name. The name is amazing. <laughs> I was confused. It's an amazing name. Yeah, it's I mean, an amazing Dick football Buckus. name. Mike Dicka. I wonder why he was so angry. He must have been angry because he must have got teased from jump. Oh, you hi. Think? Kiss. Oh, you think, Maddie? Kiss you think? Look at his butt kiss just came in. Who's going to kiss his butt? And then he beat him up because he even if your name was Matt Butt Kiss. Yo, yeah. Like Matt, anything like Butt Kiss, you're, like on, you're on the chopping block. With, with, with Bart calling Moe's Tavern. <laughs> right? That This yep. is what we're talking yep. about. Now you make his first name Dick? Yeah. Oh my Lanta. Think about it. it out for him. They said, you know, we want to create a, an angry middle linebacker. How are we gonna start this? Well, we got Butt Kiss working for us, so let's name him Richard. Everyone's gonna call him Dick. Yeah. All the kids in class are gonna make fun of him for Dick Buckus, and he's just gonna build his anger, build his anger, and then when he gets big and athletic, he's just gonna water boy everybody. Boom. That's right. That's right. I could I could say if he if he didn't end up going into football, he would have insisted on being called Richard. That's oh, for, for sure. sure. If he was an insurance salesman, oh, he ain't Dick Buckus. He's Richard. It's, he's Richard, Richard it's Richard. Sir Richard Esquire Buckus. It's Richard. But you <laughs> can tell if you if you if he's just like going to be a, a sports guy, he's just like, man, fuck it. Let's go. Dick. They're not going to make fun of me if I can hit him in the teeth. What are you going to do? You what are you going to do? You're going to make fun of me? What are you going to do? Dick killed a guy. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Dick. It's butt dick. kiss, actually. Yeah, I'm going to kick your butt. Yeah. And we're going to go right into resurrecting a dynasty roster. But first, let's hear about the breakout fight. Oh, hey, it's a Mr. Breakout Finder coming at you. The Breakout Finder features three key tools, a database of metrics that includes speed score, college dominator, breakout age, but also Breakout Finder only stats like dynamic score, level of competition, teammate score. All of these things are part of the overall Breakout Finder algorithm that pinpoints the probability that a player will break out. Everyone's talking about my model does this and my model does that. Well, we give you the data points that go into the model. We have a feature that lets you compare players. And then we give you the precise probability of every wide receiver, every running back, sorted and filterable by class year. So when I'm talking to my friends and I need to show them why I'm so bullish on Player X, I pull out the breakout finder and bam, there he is. So go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's five bucks to get the breakout finder and then a couple extra bucks to get some of these additional enhanced stats. Go download it and thank me later. So my first question for you, Mr. Kelly. So when you're trying to resurrect a dead dynasty roster, when should fantasy managers decide whether to go for it versus rebuilding? Is that something they should keep in fluidity throughout their offseason? Or is there a time to make a decision? That's a pretty good ad, though, that breakout finder ad. We got this. We have this super handsome guy that goes and drops these things. I don't know if you've met him, but I think he's going to be at the draft house in Kansas City. I'd love for you guys to meet up because he's uh, his name's Dick Butkus. His name, yeah. so, uh, he, he, uh, all of our clothes off, all of our clothes off, <laughs> Mike. Hunt. So, um, so this, this is this is funny. So, we're planning like which of these uh reads to run on these shows. And 
Cody was having Nate Liss on the future cast. Yep. That was a good show. Good episode. I was like, well, I think I start that breakout finder read by saying, Hey, it's Mr. Breakout finder. <laughs> you should run that read on the future cast. So Nate can see it. Yep. Right. Cause Nate was, invented the breakout finder everybody right. knows this right nate invented the breakout finder eventually got tired of it gave it to us and said do with it what you want i'm i'm too busy to deal with this thing and we were like sure we'll take the breakout finder it's cool we'll we'll yeah. we'll, 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 we'll we'll manage it we'll right it we'll up. maintain it yeah. we love it and so was what we're doing uh and, it, and it's going great and so i just loved that little just that little you know that little turning of the knife <laughs> A little turning of the knife on Nate. It's just an ongoing bit. The me of the turning of the knife. Me embittered about Nate leaving the Sonic Truth. We'll keep that keep that bit going. And then even <laughs> even when I'm in abstentia, I'm not even on the show. I'm yeah. turning. I thought that was so great. I was like, this is going to be subtle. This yeah. is going to be a subtle little. Yeah. Oh, that, I was watching that episode too, and you could tell you could see the smile go across his face. Oh, like, you did, uh, oh he got me. He this this I, so we got, got, got him. We got him. <laughs> we got him, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. You were oh, saying man. about some dynasty thing. Oh, yeah. Well, my first question, as we are supposed to talk about resurrecting dinosaurs, oh, but I can right. honestly we talk about anything. We're supposed to discuss. We could do whatever we want. This is what the most fun thing is, is just talking shit. The whole, anyway. the whole real reason for this whole channel existing <laughs> and this <laughs> podcast is me doing whatever I want. <laughs> that's fair. And that's fun. Really, that's it is. Fun. That's really what it is. So we're going to continue with your uh, resurrection. Well, we were to actually the resurrection. So, just a quick uh, answer on when guys or, or fantasy managers should decide whether it's time to go for it or kind of go float and rebuild. You got to assess the other the other rosters in your league. Certainly, you know mm-hmm. that's what you got to do. You got to you, you you also have to be in that mindset, right? That it's time, mm-hmm. and you need to go into a startup, circling the year on the calendar. Okay, this is the year I'm going to be competitive. And you can't wait more than two years at the most. Mm-hmm. I only wait one year if I'm going to rebuild or productive struggle. It's like a one-year deal, right? right? It's like a one-year. I'm going to try to get some picks for the next rookie draft. I'm going to maybe slightly lean youth. I'm going to make you know, some trades that ensure that you know I'm, I'm not going to be competitive this year, but I'm going to be competitive next year. That's really the – if you think you're going to execute – a two to three year rebuild. That is such a difficult task. It's such an uphill yes. battle. And then what ends up happening ultimately is the league disbands just as yeah. your team is finally turned around. Yep. So it is so risky. It is hugely risky. It's like buying a stock in a company as a long-term investment when you're not sure if the exchange is even going to be around in five years. Like, imagine if you bought stock in an Apple, but you weren't sure in five years whether there's going to be a New York Stock Exchange with all you have is a piece of paper, right? Because yeah. that is what happens with a lot of these dynasty teams. So you'll end up seeing these guys, they know this, so they'll go hard at winning in year one and year two, and then they know they're going to be leaving. Mm-hmm. They're in it just for one or two years, and then they're out. Those people need to be found and put on a list somewhere <laughs> right? A band list. Yep. Yep. A band list. I'm just saying, like, they need to be like a high risk list. 
there needs to be a list, list and there need, you need to, there's some sort of, there needs to be reputational damage to these people that's done. Cause it used to be when we were living in communities of a hundred people, <laughs> one would know everybody and you could yep. get away with fraud because yep. you get a reputation very quickly and then no one would trade with you and you would starve to death. Right. That's what used to happen in human subsistence societies up until just a few hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. But now we're all connected by the internet and there's a guy in New Zealand playing against you. You have no idea what his ethics are, if he has yep. any at all. So there needs to be a list of the high frequency abandoners. <laughs> I like that. I like that. High frequency abandoners. Right. And then so if you're going to invite those people into your league, you know what you're getting into. Those people mm-hmm. are going to be in a startup. You know what you're getting into. Right. Like Maybe HFA you can list. Say, hey, you should. Hey, you're on this list. You got to buy in for five years, motherfucker. You're in and you ain't right? going to. You gotta, you're you're, you're not it. even going to deal with your, you know, your, your chicanery because you have people that are trying to execute a productive struggle in good faith mm-hmm. against people that are not operating in good faith. They know damn well they're going to be leaving in a year or two. Right. And I just squeezing say, everything out of that year. It's important to, to say just as just for the information for the audience that I have almost never abandoned a dynasty league. It's like a dynasty credit score. Thank you, Boofy. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Boofy. That's this is what we're talking about. There needs to be a dynasty credit score and I'm going to dynasty credit Someone go, someone go do that. Like Nate <laughs> did with breakout finder and then, and then Give abandon it. it. Yeah. And we just, so Nate's abandoned it. an app and he also just, again, I have to say this, for full transparency for the episode and the audience, I was in one league that was Devi that I, that was run by Ryan McDowell. You can ask Ryan McDowell. I politely asked Ryan McDowell if I could exit the league because it was over my head. Yeah. I said, I can't do this. I'm in this draft and I don't know these guys. And I'm, I just feel like this is bad. Right. You're just like, kind of a this waste. Is, this is me. Like, if, if anyone sees this draft, I'm probably going to be embarrassed because I don't know anything, right? I don't follow these guys closely enough. That doesn't put you on the HFA list. They're sophomores. The high list. No. So I, I said, I said, can you find someone to take this team over? I, I, I apologize. So I, I apologize profusely. I, I, you can ask Ryan McDowell about this situation. That's the first and last dynasty team I abandoned. And okay. then I was invited to be in the I'm Outrage League, which was a Nate List branded league where you could play against Nate Liss. Yeah. And I said, okay. And then I traded my first rounder, executed, you know, the, the productive struggle, which I like to do. I now have a super team. I have the one one I have another first rounder. I, it's, it's start two tight ends. And I have Hawkinson and Andrews. It's one of those kinds of teams. It's just one of those times. The running backs just need to fall into place. And then it's completely and utterly on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I did the things you need to do. I, I went and acquired Rogers, you know, things to win now. Right. Like I, I built the nucleus, you know, CD lamb, these kinds of players, young players, Devonte Smith, and then going to bring in, bring in, you know, an Aaron Rodgers, bring in a couple little cherry on top. Yeah. Thing. A little, yep. little, you know, for super flex, Aaron Rodgers is, is still really valuable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you know, you could still get him without necessarily giving up much at quarterback. Yeah, right. you don't have to sell the farm to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you though. can get Aaron Rodgers in Superflex mm-hmm. without without giving up too much. So it was it was I, I had everything just dialed, and then I looked up and I looked. I just happened to be looking at the 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 league, the mm-hmm. teams in the league, and I was like, "Well, where's 
where, where, where's the I'm outraged guy? Why is no mm. one outraged? What happened to the outraged guy? And like, oh no, he left. He left. He did a win now. Drafted a bunch of aging veterans, and now you know Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette and these guys are are in limbo, and he's out. I was like, mm. okay, well, I was like, but I know Cody's in the league with me, right? Cody also joined with me. Uh, Cody just happened to be the one who, who sent me the 101 the year before. He didn't know it was going to be the 101, but I looked at his roster. I'm like, this might be the 101. <laughs> and I was like, where's Carpentier? And they're like, oh, no, no, Cody left. Cody left, too. He said he's in too many leagues. I was like, oh, the old I'm in too many leagues excuse. Oh, no. So all my buddies are gone. Oh, my God. It's just me. So that's it. I, I really think Cody's team was quite bad. And I so I understand why he was demoralized. And, and, and this was one of the leagues that he would, uh, you know, edit. I would I could see that. Right. If you're if you're curating your leagues, if I were Cody, this would have been my first team to cut. Yeah, and he he legitimately is in too many leagues, so that I understood. Right, okay. that I was like, cool. So he's not on the list. Cody's I also not know Cody. List. I'm in other leagues with Cody, and he would yep. never leave those leagues. I, so I, I totally understand. Okay, I, I also know list. that he left after Nate left. So Cody abandoning that team is like a two out of ten in terms of egregious. That's not. Is that list worthy? What's what's the number of ten? But Nate of 10. leaving. Nate was the His first to act. Nate's name is on the league. Nate had had previously won it, right? And don't yep. forget, this was also the league where the final was Nate against someone who was dying of cancer. Wow. So then Nate beat the guy that was dying of cancer, and it was an amazing story because he was because he was hospitalized and his health was declining. He could no longer keep up with his dynasty teams. And even though the roster was locked and Nate was moving his lineup. Yeah. around every week this guy remained competitive to the very end and then nate out starts sitted him at the very end made those last minute adjustments as yep. he was dying nate out starts sitted him and then we actually gave we gave a thousand dollars uh to his uh the, his charity of choice oh, great. i think it was uh uh the uh, uh, uh a mission against p- pancreatic cancer i believe it was uh, a national uh pancreatic cancer fund and it was an incredible story watching it unfold. Nate ultimately did win. Mm-hmm. And then he, within a little over a year, Nate had abandoned that league. Yeah. He Bernie made off you guys. He brought you in, won it, took everything and ran. He Bernie made off you. Is that, that's, that might be. I don't know. I, I don't, I wouldn't maybe. call it necessarily a Ponzi scheme that he's running, <laughs> though it is weird. His name is on the league and he's not in it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he's going to make a try trying to comeback. seed the leagues. Maybe he's trying to create an empire of leagues. He could be yeah, doing this. Maybe. Where a couple he's like you can play with me for a couple of years and then I'm going to kind of exit stage left. I'm going to kind of slide out the back door. The Nate right? List tree of leagues. He's building it. And I, then I the next thing you know, he's like got like state. he's got like 70 I'm outraged leagues and he's yep. only in like 5 of them. Maybe that's the move. Maybe he's secretly building a a a, a, yeah. a an army of leagues, right? And he just pops into the leagues he can win. So he, he pops just, like, in just to get him strikes. going, just to start the the lawnmower. I think I'm on Nate's side. Right? I like and this he wins. Move. He wins. He, he don't forget he's winning because he's, exactly. he's going exactly, all Dalvin yeah. Cooks and Leonard Fournette's, and then he's just and then he's out, right? This is so he he wins for a couple of years, and then he gets to run these leagues in abstentia. Yep. 
with his name on them. This is quite the scheme that he's got. I like it. Maybe I should have him on the game. Right. And, and of course, Cody and I were, 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 were pulled into it. We're pulled yeah. into the scheme. It's crazy. That's a good move. But it, through all this here, what I gathered is it's important to kind of define your winning window. And you talked about a winning window or your, your team's window when we were preparing for the show. So, uh, uh, like, what kind of indicators are you looking for when you're evaluating your roster, when you're defining your team's window to well, win now? So, or, so now that okay, so you have the window set. It's window set. And then sometimes you got to push it, right? So don't mm-hmm. be afraid to say, hey, it didn't work out. I believe in, in that league, I had Javante Williams, which I was banking on. I think we could all safely say in 2023, Javante Williams is going to be teed up to be a workhorse. No Melvin Gordon in Denver. Russell Wilson's second year. Quality offensive line. If you're going to have Javante Williams as your RB1 centerpiece for a, a productive struggle roster, that's as, that's as close to an ideal setup as you could possibly get. He tears his ACL. Things happen, right? So it, it I could have pivoted last year, mm-hmm. and I decided to go for it because it was running back. And I said I can I could maybe backfill this with some some players. I can stream some players. I can get some running backs. If it was a CD Lamb or a keep or or even a, a Hawkinson, I probably would have had to try to to pivot and and try to not make the playoffs. Do whatever I could to not make the playoffs. Yep. Without oh, tanking, Mavericks, of course, if you will. without tanking, I would never manipulate my lineup to try to lose. I've been in leagues every year, every single year. I'm in leagues where people are manipulating their lineups to try to lose, which is shameful. I would never yes. do that. I always play to win, but it, when it, when it comes down to it, right. If, if I, if there's a, an offer where, yeah, it's going to degrade my team, but I'm going to get picks in particular, then I'm going to do it. Right. Like it's just, it's, it's a, it's, it's fascinating to go back and look at say Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley has been devastating for dynasty in ways that many people don't fully appreciate in that if you had the one Oh one and you were a rebuilding team and you felt like that this was a key part of your rebuild was to get this young running back as your, as your cornerstone with the one Oh one, there were a lot of rebuilding rosters that thought this is it. This is it. Yeah. I'm a year away. But I'm going to get Barkley, and then I'm going to have Barkley in his second year. The Giants are turning it around under Gettleman, <laughs> and under it's going to be the on. The Gettleman, the big binder man. And guess what happened? If you use the 101 on Barkley, you destroyed your chances of rebuilding on schedule. Because what ended up happening was he exceeded expectations. He had, a, he had an incredible rookie year. Yep, RB3 that year. Right, over 100 targets. As yeah, a rookie running receptions. back, yep. which is hard to do, right? I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the more obvious statements I've ever said. What <laughs> are targets as a rookie running back? It's pretty hard to do. Pretty good. Pretty, yeah, you, you, pretty you, good. You, you think? You think? <laughs> so he had 91 catches that year. Yeah. I mean, bonkers. Bonkers. 24 fantasy points a game. Right. He hasn't hit 19 fantasy points a game since. So what happened was you actually got a worse draft pick that year heading into 2019. You got a worse draft pick because Barkley was so good. Mm-hmm. And then Barkley, you know, underperformed from that point forward and you didn't have the high draft pick you would have had in 2019. So it crippled you. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. the last thing you should have been doing is going Barkley. This is why 
Bijan Robinson is not a rebuilding pick. Bijan Robinson is a win now pick. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're rebuilding nine times out of 10, you're trading back. You're trying to get more picks. If you, mm-hmm. if you don't feel like your window starts this year, drafting Bijan because that age 21 first season for a player getting drafted in the first round is typically a very productive season. Right. So unless you think you can win this year, you should be trying to get out of the one-on-one. You shouldn't be viewing like, oh, it's a young running back for my young roster. It's it's part of my rebuild plan. Mm-hmm. Now, the cautionary tale of Barkley says, don't do that. Do not do that. So you got to go through your league, figure out what teams are the most competitive. And hopefully, hopefully there's not a team out there that's too much of a super team. And then you also, we're going to be rolling out the injury finder soon which gives the probabilities of guys missing multiple games. And you need to look at some of the injury risks. Sometimes a team will look like a super team, but then you actually think about it like, wait, they've got McCaffrey and Debo and a bunch of guys we know are probably going to miss games this year. Dalvin Cook and a bunch of guys. So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, it's a super team. But if one of these guys tears an ACL and the other one like has a hip flexor thing that misses five games, yep, then actually... This team's a little more fragile than I thought. Yeah. Super right, so you teams need depth for that you, reason. You got to be a realist about some of these teams in your league and whether or not if things break wrong for them, that mm-hmm. you could then step into the breach and win. Like what? And then is there two of those teams? Mm-hmm. Well, if there's just two teams, then you're probably in great shape. The problem becomes when it's been so consolidated and there's four teams. If there's four teams where you add up the lifetime values of these four teams uh, next to your own, just put them in a spreadsheet. You can go to the dynasty rankings on player profiler and you can download the dynasty rankings and the lifetime values. And you can go ahead and assign lifetime values to all five teams, mm-hmm. the four teams you think are the most competitive and your teams. And you see where the where differences are. Yeah. are. And we're going to be rolling out a feature, if not this year, next year in our dynasty deluxe package, which would allow you to load the teams in your league and see all the lifetime values across the board right. and compare your team to your league. And that will help you not only see where teams are weak for trade purposes, but also evaluate your team next to the other teams, juxtapose them and decide mm-hmm. whether this year or next year is the year to go for it. If not this year, then you got to go for it next year. Okay? Right. But you got to make the decision. Now, if there's about four teams that you think are a, order of magnitude better than your team, then I would continue to rebuild. But if there's three or less, your team could exceed expectations. And two of those three teams could experience injuries or just underperform because it's mm-hmm. the NFL. So exactly. I wouldn't, I w- wouldn't take that for granted. That's why in this I'm outraged league, I did go for it even after Javante went down because I wanted to take my chances. And I, I almost did it. I, I almost made it through and won the whole thing. It was close. Uh, if things broke my way a little bit, I could have, I could have made it. So, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you think there's two, even if they're really good teams, two teams in a league can experience some key injuries. Think about right. the injuries right. that have happened to players. Right now, last year, there wasn't the, the, the volume of devastating injuries that we've had in previous years. If you remember, mm-hmm. it actually wasn't that bad. Think about it. Diggs played. Jefferson played a full season. Chase missed a few games. Hill played the whole year. A lot of these guys played the whole year. Barkley played the whole year. Yep. McCaffrey. McCaffrey 
against all odds. Right, all odds, yep. I right? mean, he broke that trend. No, we had never seen anything like that. Chubb, I mean, go down the list. There was a bunch of bunch of key players that played either all the games or almost every game. ETN, all these players we thought were super fragile coming in. They played like 17 games. Right. That's less likely. I'm afraid that we were perhaps lulled into a a false sense of stability last year with the the lack of devastating frontline injuries. Because the year before, remember, we lost Cam Akers Mm -hmm. in minicamp. We lost Dobbins. We lost ETN in training camp or in preseason and it, it was bad, yeah. right? We would lose players in week one, week two for the season, these early ACL tears. We didn't have that last year. Remember that could still happen this year to any one of the mm-hmm. key players on some of these teams. So if, even if there's a significant distance between you and the top two teams, I would still go for it. I would go still for go it. for it. Yeah. Yes. I would still go knowing that that's an important point to not get so discouraged when you see there are two teams in your league that are clearly better, mm-hmm. that's that's right now. That's when we're yeah. projecting. But when the season starts and the bullets start flying, we'll see. Chaos always ensues. Every season, some sort of chaos ensues. There will be more chaos this season. I can promise you that. You want right. to write something down? Chaos you write down a prediction? This year will be more chaotic than last year. We are calling for a chaos regression. I couldn't agree more. Um, and I also think you're touching on a few points here that, that are very valuable for the listeners to take on is defining this window now makes sense because then you don't pork yourself in your rookie draft where if you're looking for two years out, Bijan's not that guy. We just highlighted why in the whole Saquon Barkley. You need to win now to get a guy like a Bijan Robson. In yeah, I'm, I'm so excited, right? If I'm yeah. a win now team and I you trade for the now. 101, I've been Put sitting on, on this roster. pick for years. I'm pushing the button. Oh, it's going. I can't wait to draft him. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. In fact, in the league that I talked about, where Nate abandoned it and then Cody followed on, <laughs> I did this guy. <laughs> oh my Lanta! Oh my Jesus! <laughs> I can't. I just can't. <laughs> it's it's like. Why did you get into fantasy football? Uh, I don't know, to talk sports and talk shit. Well, talking shit's the most fun. You know, I mean, that's what we're doing. Oh, yeah. Right? It is the best. And, and if you could do it on a podcast, oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I lost my train of thought. I have it's no all right. I'll help us get right back on. No yeah. idea what I was going to say. I'll, let's, mean, just get, let's just get no back idea. on the rails. Beyond, beyond, beyond no idea. So, I went out in this league and I said, I have the 101 and it is super flex and it's a deep super flex league. Mm-hmm. You know, Stroud is absolutely in play for me with that 101. Yeah. Yeah. With the 101. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not a lock. It depends on a, and I was like, especially given my quarterbacks, it was like Mac Jones, Justin Fields. There's big time fragility with those types of you know, right. Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a strong quarterback group. And I was like, I really, I probably should just go Stroud here. And I was like, but I can't. Structurally, this whole team has been built around me getting a, a, a an early running back to mm-hmm. finish off the roster build. There's no, I, there's no way around it. I have to go running back. So I said, oh, I'm gonna go. I got to figure out a way to get a, a veteran quarterback. I got to bring in a guy like Rogers. So yes. I got Rogers okay. to give me the ability to draft Bijan. 
If I right. didn't it gives you have the confidence Rogers, that you can go that route. If I didn't have Rodgers, going Bijan would be inexcusable mm-hmm. given how weak I was at quarterback. You're you're setting yourself up, you know, for a super fragile quarterback roster. And essentially what happens in that is you're going for it this year. If it doesn't work out and the Patriots turn to zappy, uh, you know, Justin Fields continues to take a record number of sacks and struggles, even Mm -hmm. though they've upgraded the wide receiver position. I don't think he will. I think he is going to be unlocked as a passer this year. Yeah. I think he will grow and develop. He's never going to be super aware in the pocket, but at least maybe improve that enough where mm-hmm. it's going to be it's 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 it, it's going to be a quarterback they can feel comfortable building around. Almost like that's the similarity bet- with with Justin Fields and Daniel Jones. Like if you're if you think that Chicago is going to move on from Fields, Fields is an order of magnitude better than Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. Absolutely. Yep. And the Giants were like, yeah, Daniel Jones has all these flaws that Justin Fields has with pocket awareness and sacks and all these problems, Mm -hmm. but he's less than fields across the board. For sure. Doesn't have the same arm. Doesn't have the same legs. Like he's just a a weaker version of fields across the board. And they were like, we're committing to him. We're committed. Right. We're in on, we're in on Jones. So the idea Mm -hmm. that the the bears wouldn't be in on fields maybe is, is a stretch for sure. They just had the one-on-one and agility there. Yeah. It's not like he's a Trevor Lawrence level young quarterback he's not he's not so to be a realist though i feel this way about fields if you look at a roster and you see mac jones and fields and garoppolo you can't look yourself in the mirror and be realistic and say yeah i'm gonna yeah. yolo and uh, just <laughs> go <laughs> running B-Jones. back Let's here go. and yeah. yeah i'll figure it out i'll i'll stream a quarterback yeah even though it's a super flex super competitive deep dynasty yep. league yeah i'll stream a quarterback i'll get it figured out like you yeah. see this Pollyanna thinking all the time where really what you should be doing if you can't trade that pick is quarterback. It feels like you're not getting the shiniest possible toy in the toy bin, but you're doing what's in the best interest of your fantasy team in the long run. And that's probably mm-hmm. what you should be doing unless you think you're ready to, if you think that if you're cool with abandoning a league, Right. If, if you're on that <laughs> yeah, list yeah. later, right. Yeah. If you have ba- if you have a bad dynasty credit score. Yep. And you're like, hell with it. I don't care. I already have a bad out. dynasty credit later. score. I'm on the list. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Bijan. And if these fragile quarterbacks fall apart, I'm out of the league. I can just bounce. I'll yeah, bounce. you don't. If you're on the list, that's just, that's the move to make. You know, I built this team to to, to, do that to, to win it this year. If it doesn't happen this do year, eh, I'm out. Well, if that. that's your disposition, then go Bijan. Fine. I am not ever thinking in that way. Mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about the next five years. I'm going to be in this league for the long run. So yes, would getting Bijan help me be more competitive this year? Sure. Is it in the best interest of this team in the long run? No. I don't know if it, you've used this term before. It's a nuanced conversation. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna coin it here in the game plan. A fortification trade. The Aaron Rodgers was a fortification trade where you were able to lock in this roster and give you that flexibility at the 101. So if you're sitting there, like you said, it would be it would have been fantasy malpractice to just blindly go Bijan without that third quarterback to kind of feel confident that you could turn to if need be. That's so, right. I and, like that. You by the way, I also have one of my running backs in that league because they use like, oh, how could you be competitive with Javante? Well, one of my one of my running backs is actually Alexander Madison. And I have Alexander Madison on the block, right? Yeah, because, getting rid of him. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, oh, I have so much respect for Rich Rebar. 
right? Oh, I, I, he, he's the best, right? He, he, and he wins very competitive dynasty leagues. Mm-hmm. And he's telling you that to let opportunity wag the dog is a tremendous mistake, especially in dynasty. And this isn't even a surefire opportunity. This is maybe an opportunity. If there's an opportunity that there's an opportunity, right? Yes. It's like yeah, I know what if you're Calvin saying. Yeah, Cook yes. exits and they don't draft Bijan in mm-hmm. the first round or they draft Roshan on day two. Right. Like, if, 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 and then, then Alexander Madison is a workhorse in a, in a, uh, you know, potentially top five scoring offense in the league. Well, also, if he definitively takes the lion's share of the touches away from Ty Chandler, who's going into his second year mm-hmm. and is essentially the, what would be a Tevin Coleman to Devontae Freeman like split where he's going to get still 40 percent of the opportunities to Madison's 60 percent. If all of this works out, Madison still will not be a full workhorse because yep. He hasn't shown that level of efficiency. All he's done is get you the bare minimum with a huge workload one game a year where he was the chalk in DFS. He's the chalk in DFS one game a year. And he's going to give you the 25 fantasy points because he's going to get six dump off passes, score two touchdowns on 90 rushing yards and 3.8 yards per carry. (laughs) That's not... That is not a guy that you would then trade for, you know, a, a, a an asset who actually is electric, who is one of the mm-hmm. best in the league in terms of yards created per touch and all these advanced efficiency metrics we have on playerprofiler.com. That is doing it wrong. And so if you see in the trade finder on player profiler in the dynasty deluxe, we have the trade finder where you can look up trades. And if you mm-hmm. see that Alexander Madison is being traded straight up for DeAndre Swift, something absurd then you should be putting him on the block immediately. Right. Use that that market indicator of what you could go out and, and yes. make pull up a trade for sure. I love the trade finder. You know, I love it. I think it's a great tool. But yeah, that's a good point. You see something out there where someone's getting kooky. Maybe one of your league mates doesn't get that crazy, but hey, if you can get 85% of that type of move, that's your that this is your this is your exit ramp off an Alexander Mattens and a guy who, like you said, you have to make sure if you're not playing best ball, you're playing in a lineup league. You got to make sure he is in that line that that lineup that week, that chalk week that you talked about. And if you're good that week, you don't need his his coverage, then you don't got a guy. You don't really have an asset there. So I like the idea of moving a guy at his peak value, especially now with news swirling that Dalvin's not gonna be on the Vikings this year. It, Alexander Madison's cap hit in 2023 is two point four million dollars. $2.4 million. I mean, he signed for something like $6.3 million guaranteed for two years. For two years, yep. That is the going rate for a running back in his prime going into his second contract that hasn't done a goddamn mm-hmm. thing. Yep. That basically has institutional it, yep. knowledge with the Vikings. So he's worth more to the Vikings than he is anywhere else because he knows mm-hmm. the system, right? And he's been good, not great. He's been a... a worthy cardboard cutout of Dalvin cook whenever they've needed him. Yep. That's worth something Discount like $3 Dalvin. million a year for sure. Yeah. And for that's them. exactly what he got. He put his toe into the marketplace, got nothing more than that and just signed back with mm-hmm. Minnesota. And you're, you're going to, you're going to delude yourself 
into thinking that oh this guy's teed up to be a workhorse they're not gonna they're not gonna draft anybody that's gonna threaten him ty chandler can't threaten him and dalvin cook's definitely gone because i heard rumors that he was gone so let's go ahead and just get it all over with and run his price right up to deandre swift idiot trade yeah, great trade. I would absolutely Idiot. take that, Dalvin. The the Andre Swift trade. Wait, so we're talking about later, this guy has jumped the shark, man. Oh yeah, big time. I want to get in that league, but then I'll probably stack my team and then leave it right away, and then get on the HFA list. Which so I'm not going to do that. I'm just not going to do that. But we need it for any Alexander Madison believer. They need to make sure that they they dodge all the running back bullets in this year's draft, and there are a lot of them. But if you're a fantasy team builder, right, and you've either you're looking at a shitty roster or you're taking on a shitty roster, you know, what are some ways that that you can judge whether a rookie class is kind of good or not? Because we need to know now, right? We've established the window. We've established when we're going to open the window, when we're going to push the pace. So now we need to know, is a rookie class good or not? And when should so what should people do to kind of figure that out? How can they can judge that? Oh, I don't know. Do we have a rookie guide? Mm, mm. a rookie guy mm. that would be mm. pretty nifty if yeah. we had i'm looking at travis like kelsey that. and then there, there's a little uh, call to action right there at the top get our rookie guide boom it's 10 bucks it's uh not the most expensive guide but it is the best it's the best yeah so that that that's all you need to know and it's also we should mention free to anyone with dynasty deluxe mm-hmm. so you can get the the rookie guide in our nfl draft section for 10 bucks or you can go to dynasty deluxe and there's another tab there where it's there for free so if you have our dynasty package you get the rookie guide by default yep. so you're welcome get on that that's how you can judge whether rookie class is good or not cody and others putting in the work to make sure you know what you got in the rookie guides there for 10 bucks if you're not a member of the all-in package but if you want to use a promo code maddie get yourself a little discount on that promo code package which will include a free draft guide so yes plain and simple you want to know whether a rookie class is good or not turn to those who can give you the guidance and our rookie guide can certainly do that we talked superplex uh you know kind of where we should go you gave a personal example which i think is great we learned a new term which is how you fortify your 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 team with a trade so that it gives you flexibility in other avenues but so in superflex quarterbacks are gold we all know that dead rosters typically have subpar to downright shitty quarterbacks so in your opinion what are some ways to save these superflex rosters with bad quarterbacks and when should managers really focus on drafting the single callers Every single year, or is there a specific year? Well, stay away from Malik Willis. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those quarterbacks from last year's class are traps. Now we hear Sam Howell's going to be the starter in Washington. They're going to commit to him. Oh, man. (laughs) If you have Sam Howell, you immediately need to try to package Sam Howell to move up and get a better quarterback. Mm -hmm. So the best quarterback for Superflex – for the last five years, the guy that I have the most exposure to, he's the guy in, in, in any any money league, especially a big money league where I'm not just you know doing doing it for fun mm-hmm. or doing it to kind of spread spread around. I'm in so many patron leagues, I can't have the same quarterbacks in every patron league. But I mean, Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins, right? If I want the best value elite quarterback mm-hmm. guy with 500 rushing yards and and five plus rushing touchdowns in his range of outcomes, as well as being one of the, one of the most prolific passers in the league. That's Dak Prescott. 
if I want just to lock in 18 fantasy points a game at quarterback in a super flex league, which is incredibly valuable, then I want Kirk Cousins. Okay. So Prescott and Cousins are the guys that I that are most exposed to. And if you can find a way to package whoever it is from Kenny Pickett to Ritter to Howell, mm-hmm. anything you can do to get up to that that uh, least Kirk Cousins zone, then I would do that. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, you picked up Geno Smith last year. Anybody that's going to be a starter, you want to try to soak those guys up and then see if you can flip them. If you can't flip okay. them, fine. Like you should be trying to flip Jordan Love. If you have Jordan Love, like some of these, some of these rosters that have been hollowed out, they still have these zombie quarterbacks. They have a Tannehill. They have a Love. They have a Gardner Minshew, right? Guys like that. Yep. So I'm always trying to trade up, even like a, a Derek Carr, right? Derek Carr has the contract, but I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't have Derek Carr in that same class as I have a guy like Kirk Cousins. I, right. I think they're, I think they're totally different. And they're Maybe always they're, linked. They're always put alongside each other. So I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're you know, cars in a completely different tier from Cousins below, mm-hmm. right? Goff. Goff is good for one year, right? So I would try to see if you can flip these guys, all these guys. If you go to our dynasty rankings, pretty much all the veterans from Tua on down, I would be trying to flip because Tua, he lacks the pocket awareness. He lacks the rushing upside. He is basically riding the the two best wide receivers that any team could possibly have, right? What do you think's better? Is Waddle Hill better, or would you rather have Higgins Chase? That's those are the two best wide receiver duos those, in the league, yeah, right? Easy, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Right. So it's it's one of those two, uh, and so I I don't love like the concussion risk. I don't love that he takes huge hits. Mm-hmm. I don't love that he struggled so much early. And he makes so many catastrophic throws. There's just the danger plays for, for Tua. I don't think that he's a long-term dynasty asset. I still think of him more of a short-term guy. Mm-hmm. That's why people are like, how can you have Tua and Geno Smith at a similar ranking? And I'm like, well, one guy has Lockett and DK Metcalf for the next year or two. One guy has Hill and Waddle for the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, they put up the exact same fantasy points per game last year. Yep. What am I missing? What are you talking about? It's just oh, you again ageist. Two is going to play. Oh, you think two is going to play ten years? Really? Okay, at that right. level, sure. Yeah, right. Tell me another one. Okay. <laughs> no, no way, man. So I would try to be trading up for Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. I've seen trades for Deshaun Watson still, but those are pretty much. There was a bunch of trades for Deshaun Watson. Those are that's just leveled off. I think most people have started to come to terms with the fact that. He's going to be back. He's going to look more like Deshaun Watson this year. You're not going to be able to get much value on him. That's sort of a, a waste of time mm-hmm. to try to lowball offer for Deshaun Watson. That's not going to happen. CJ Stroud would be the guy I would draft. So okay. I would, I had an early pick and I knew that Bijan would go one one And I thought that maybe my league mates would be going somewhere else. Jackson Smith and Jigba or Bryce Young or uh, Anthony Richardson. Yep. I would try to trade down a couple picks. I, if I were the 101, I would trade out of there and try mm-hmm. to trade at the 104 and hope to get Stroud at the 104. If you don't get Stroud, then you can 
you can get Richardson, right? And, and chase that rainbow. I'm also fine doing that. And then if I, man, if I can't get those guys, they, I'm, we've seen the betting markets really shift. I think now it's probably Bryce Young going to Carolina. Seems if that way. Yeah. Bryce Young is the 101. Superflex drafters are not going to let him get out of the, the first three picks. And that necessarily means that one of Richardson or Stroud will make it to the 104. And then it's a coin flip whether or not the person at the 104 takes Smith and Jigba. There's also the possibility if Will Levis goes to Indianapolis that, that he gets hyped up. Sure. And that either Richardson or Stroud makes it to the 105, 106. So that's that's an interesting place to try to settle in 104, 105, and knowing you can probably get Richardson or Stroud. It'd be really bad luck. It'd be really yeah. bad luck if you ended up with the 104 and you didn't have your choice of Richardson or Stroud. I would that would be real snake bitten. Mm-hmm. So I, I would try to just start make a commitment, right? If you're trying to rebuild a team and you're a realist. If I'm in a startup, like I said, I'm not committing to a rebuild for more than a year. Right. I know next year in 2024, I'm going to try to be competitive, or at least I'm going to give myself a shot. And if I get like a major ACL tear or I have I have bad injury luck, I'll pivot. Yep. I'm always going to leave myself open to pivoting and extending the rebuild a year, but I'm going into the season in week one with a competitive mindset. Looking to push the pace. Exactly. Yep. And that whole summer, I'm, I'm trying to make some make some moves mm-hmm. to add veterans especially maybe a, 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 a second contract wide receiver that would be the move yeah if i'm in my second year of a, of a productive struggle from a startup it's a different story if you're taking over one of these hollowed out orphans yes you got to give yourself three years right because you have to have at least a year plus to tear that tear all the value soup all of it get yeah. as great get as much in hand as you can yeah to start- and, and you got to get as many picks as possible mm-hmm. you got to shed as much as you possibly can mm-hmm. load up on picks load up on young players and ideally you you get you know the 101 or the 102 next year and then you can pencil in one of the top two quarterbacks in next year's draft will probably be better than the quarterbacks in this draft yeah, I depending on how Anthony Richardson develops, Anthony Richardson could be the QB one in fantasy in he two has years. That ability with his super. We'll see, mm-hmm. right? We'll see what happens. So I would pencil in that, and then I'd also take a shot on a quarterback this year as well. Stroud has hidden upside. So the beauty of taking Stroud at the one hundred four, if you can f- get get into the one hundred four, get Stroud. He has a really high floor and also a really high ceiling, which is the perfect thing you want. That's the sort of Dak Prescott profile that you want for superflex. Yep. And so that would be my starting point. How can I get to that point where I have then if you if you look at the calendar, 2024 you draft another young quarterback, then that in that quarterback second year you can be competitive. So you're trying to look at you're trying to you're trying to win and say I I, I could conceivably start winning in 2025. Every older running back, even running backs that aren't necessarily even that much older, but even if they're like on the last year of their rookie deal, mm-hmm. you should be trying to get out. You should be trying to get out of yeah. Kenneth Walker. You should be trying to get out of everybody. Right. Those guys aren't taking you out of dynasty. Obscurity. You should have no running backs. Right. Like you should have no running. I mean, nothing, even Kenneth Walker. I mean, God, it's, it sounds crazy, but even Brees Hall, like, uh, if you don't think you're going to be competitive until 2025, those guys are going to be heading into their next contract by then. And we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, they're an out, they'd have to be an outlier of health to then survive in that next step. Yeah, and then I wouldn't even draft any any running backs in this class either. 
I would circle Hendon Hooker the second round. Okay. I would try to get sec. I would early second round pick on Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker is like the number one guy to target if you're in a rebuild mode because he was super efficient, mm-hmm. right? He had multiple 600 yard rushing games. Yes. Seasons, rushing seasons, not 600 yard rushing games. Got to make that distinction. Excellent correction. <laughs> Thank you for that correction. Yes, he was a system quarterback. Yeah. But I don't hear anyone like diminishing Jalen Hyatt for that system as yeah. much. Right. So, okay. Then Patrick Mahomes was a system quarterback. Deshaun Watson was a system quarterback. That was the reason why Trubisky went eight picks in front of those guys. Right. Because right. he played in a pro style offense at UNC. They played in a pop gun. Big 12 offense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So they're like, oh, well, this, this, this is the, the pistol spread and it just doesn't count. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, well, actually, uh, these guys are just awesome. They can chuck it a hundred thousand yards. Like they right. can get it done. And yes. There's going to be a Mariota that comes along that mm-hmm. checks all the boxes and, and, but isn't just properly wired to, you know, be anything more than a pure game manager in the NFL. And right. so that's, that's certainly possible, but yeah, Hendon hooker looks like Mariota, but the problem is when Mariota was drafted, you had to use the one Oh two in Superflex to get it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Right now you can use the two Oh two. To yes. get basically a Mariota type profile, and if he's not the super careful game manager, if he is a little more daring than Mariota, then you you probably have a winning a winning player on your hands, mm-hmm. and he's not going to hurt you this year. He's not going to play much this year, coming off the injury, and as a second round pick, most likely, he's just not going to get the opportunity anyway. So you can not be worried about it affecting your draft pick next year. Mm-hmm. You can give him a year to to uh, you know, percolate. Oh, I like that word. Good word. Good word. If the team drafted him in the early second round, they're uh, they're probably going to be committed to him for at least a year or two. Right. They have some like Washington in his is with Sam Howell. Sure. Sam Howell's a fifth round pick. Right. Good point. No, it's a great point. So the, the Hendon Hooker is a must draft. It's Hendon almost Hooker. like yep. almost like I would if I were in this situation, I would reverse engineer my entire rookie draft to make sure I get Hooker. And he's if he gets late round one draft capital or round two draft capital, theoretically he's going to a team that's going to have weapons. He's not going to the team the one hundred two, you know, the team that just sucked to have that draft pick. He's going to go to let's just say a Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin and the system quarterback could go there and that system could get a whole lot of fantasy points for your squad. So I definitely think the Hendon Hooker call is on point. One last question before I get you out of here, Matt: Do you have like a golden rule of thumb when taking over an orphan roster? Well, before we get to that, let's also just discuss briefly what else you would do, right? So you're going to try to get two rookie quarterbacks from this draft and then another rookie quarterback next year who's even better. Going back, back, back. That should solve solve your quarterback problem. You're going to go zero running back, but for real. Like when when, uh, Sean Siegel wrote about zero running back, really – what he meant was if you have a orphan that's been hollowed out and you're trying to do a three-year rebuild, that's actually a, for genuinely zero running back, yes. like legit zero. Like you're going in with Ty Chandler and Jerome Ford. You're finding all these guys, all the Joshua Kellys, all the running backs that are on elite offenses that have all-purpose skill sets, even baseline. Like Josh Kelly is mid, mid 
mid-level workhorse across mm -hmm. the board. Like we talk about carbon copy of a copy of a copy, right? That's Alexander Madison. That's Joshua Kelly. Mm -hmm. These guys are going to give you just enough, but they can do it all. They can catch passes. They can block. They can do it all. They have just enough size, just enough speed, right? Just yeah. enough. Just enough. Just enough. So that's, you look at all the offenses around the league and who are these guys? Well, the Chargers, who's their guy? Right, you find okay, Joshua Kelly. Oh, the Vikings. Yep. Who's who's the guy behind the guy? Oh, it's Ty Chandler. Mm -hmm. We talked about the Browns, right? With Rich Rebar. Everyone, like I said, everyone's come to Jesus now in the Browns, and the entire AFC North is going to be a bonanza, a fantasy points bonanza. They're going to crank up the pass volume inevitably in Cleveland yep. this year. That's what they're looking for, for sure. And that's just going to be more plays, more opportunities for Jerome Ford to break out, mm -hmm. and then so all these guys could accrue value, and then. None of these guys, let's say that something happens and Nick Chubb misses games or Ty Chandler finds himself in a fantasy rich environment, Khalil Herbert, you know, these mm -hmm. kinds of guys, you're insta flipping them. They're never going to, they're not going to be in your 2025 roster. No, Think of course. Through. Right. They're, they're not going to be. Yep. So you're, 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 you're only drafting running backs to essentially have a starting lineup. You're required to mm -hmm. have a starting lineup. And then a bunch of running backs on your bench that are strictly lottery tickets for flipping purposes. Yep. Second they pop, move them. Boom. Move them. The, the second they pop, move them. I mean, I can you think of another running back like that? I'm thinking of James Robinson, Devin Singletary. They come to mind for me. Devin um, Singletary. Yeah, in, in Houston. He's been a, a no, guy I know that, he's in Houston, but I mean his upside is so minimal. No, his upside's I don't know. He's been a pretty good I don't know. Even if he does get game. an opportunity, I so don't that's know what, but that's what whether I'm saying. or not like, that's anyone's going to be excited about him. And I, I don't even know. It, he wouldn't be the main guy the following year anyway. That's That one's – he and Jarek McKinnon are a little more like – their value is all about getting touches this year. I'm thinking more about a guy like Keontae Ingram, so you're thinking Pierre more Strong, -term, more Kevin Harris. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Chris I'm thinking Evans in the moment even. this year, you could flip Devin yeah. Singletary to a contender right away. Yeah, Boom. I think that's true. Boom. If you're thinking that way, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I'm thinking this year, but no, I, I like your idea because you're flexibility of flipping him the following year. I like, like that. That's a good, a good you know, the, distinct. You know, the, the, the nice uh, thing emotion. about like a Kevin Harris it, or a, uh, a uh, I know you said James Robinson, Pierre mm -hmm. Strong. The nice thing is those guys will likely have value heading into next off season yeah, for no, uh, uh, some, 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 some trade value Jerome Ford for sure. Love that call. Yep. You know, Jerome Ford would be like, maybe he even uh, can, can work his way into a shared backfield situation with, with Nick Chubb. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like he is a slasher. Like we've seen the sort of workhorse paired with a slasher, uh, touch distribution ideally the best running game the most efficient running game in the league seven years ago was in atlanta remember the kyle shanahan og offense you could say. that's right that well they they had great offensive line mm -hmm. blocking it was perfect right and they gave 60 40 freeman coleman right where you have a prototypical slasher and you have a, a player who can do it all but you know at a basic level mm -hmm. right he's got the the all-purpose skill set not necessarily an exceptional talent, mm -hmm. but does have an all-purpose skill set. And in the right offense at the right time, that guy could actually be the RB1 in fantasy, which Devontae Freeman right. was that year. It was a down year for running backs. Like, and then we had the running back renaissance started the next year, actually, mm -hmm. uh, after that. So you, we'll never see that again. A Devontae Freeman, well, we might, 
you know, who knows? There's going to be a fallow period again at running back. But for now, we're in the midst of a running back renaissance talent at the top. So we're not going to see that again. But that's the that's the structure that you could you can hope for where Jerome Ford is in that Tevin Coleman role and he does capture the imagination of fantasy gamers. That's very possible. Mm -hmm. Right. So those are the type of guys. Ty Chandler, very similar. Samir White, maybe. Zamir White, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. All these guys, they find them. They they Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, yeah. They they because those guys will get you a better return theoretically, also, right? Elijah Mitchell, yeah. They, these guys, Jalen Warren, they stumble into opportunity, and then you flip them. So you're going to have all those guys. I would say that the baseline guy that I would want would be anyone from anyone from Michael Carter on down so just outside the top 50 yeah anyone outside the top 50 mm-hmm. that's probably who i'm going to try to stockpile in this rebuilding roster and just try to hit just try to hit right play mm-hmm. the play play that play the probabilities one of these guys is probably going to find themselves in an incredible situation right at some point during the season and this insta flip insta flip insta flip boom 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 then at wide receiver i mean most orphans you take over have something they have something to hold on to. Yeah. They usually have a couple assets. And typically, they're wide receivers that have been good, not great. So there's probably going to be a T. Higgins on the roster. Drake Is London. A, 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 maybe, yeah. Or a DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you want to hold on to those guys. So you probably want to hold on to all these wide receivers. It's possible, though, that... If you have a wide receiver as in a very fluctuating situation and he isn't necessarily uh, put together more than a partial season, mm-hmm. like where there's some fragility there, like a Christian Watson, I'd be more likely to trade those guys. I would I would be happy to trade those guys for picks, uh, knowing that yeah, that he he had a big he had, he had a great run, and especially if it was based around touchdowns. Of course, right. Mm-hmm. I would I would like to move that guy, right? I would like to move that guy somehow and maybe get up to a DK Metcalf, maybe get up to a Chris Olave. If you could somehow yeah. figure out a way to move a Christian Watson and even someone that's a little more uh, of a projection and try to get up to get, because you don't care about depth, right? You don't care about wide receiver depth. depth. So target a team that's competitive find the team that's that that's trying to be competitive that may be lacking wide receiver depth see if you can get up to an olave get in the top 10 yeah see if you can get up into the top 10 uh or see if you can get a draft pick you think is going to be jackson smith and jigba right okay you know who is essentially like an olave uh because you remember when you kind of you're going to try to be competitive in 2025 well that means you could also trade for a cd lamb Oh yeah, he's if, still young enough. If that's possible, you would try to do that. So that would be that would be a move. That would that would be a move. Try to shed some of these speculative assets because the last thing you'd want to do is actually go out and try to acquire these assets. So if you're going to be investing three years, that's three buy-ins. Right. Think about it this way: three buy-ins. You don't want too many lottery tickets. The lottery tickets you want, if you're going to be investing three buy-ins, are going to have to be very cheap. Those running backs. Right. And you'd want to divest yourself of more speculative wide receivers try to lock in guys that we know are more stable yet are still going to be giving you peak production in the window in in 2025. 
So even if you think about DJ Moore, he's this is his age 26 season, age 27, age 28. So you're going to get his age 28, age 29, age 30 season, 2025, 2026, 2027. That's the guy you can actually trade for. Yes. That's like kind of the Stefan Dix trajectory. When he went to the Bills when he was 27, he's going to be 20, he's going to be 29 this year. So there is definitely some meat on that bone. I like that call. On yeah, I think if, if I was in a massive rebuild, a, 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 almost a hopeless rebuild, try to consolidate more speculative wide receivers to get a DJ Moore mm-hmm. is the way to go because you have to think about it in terms of the investment. I'm investing three, three buy-ins just to be competitive for one championship. Right. So I would not want to be relying on a Pickens or a – uh Christian Watson, even a Jerry Judy, <sighs> Traylon Burks, very speculative, probably yeah. out on those guys. And then whatever tight ends I have that have value, I'm 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 dumping those. Um I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do the long game on tight ends unless they're super inexpensive. Right. This might be a year where you you go spend two third round picks on tight ends and you start from complete scratch on tight ends. This is absolutely the year to do that for sure. Yeah. So you maybe go Musgrave and Laporta or something. Right. Cunts or <laughs> something like that. Yes. Right. So that might that would probably be the move. Uh you know, I would hold on to a Chica Quanquu. Yep. I would hold on to a Trey McBride. You know, anyone outside the top 12, I could still hold on to that's super young, but in Joku now think about him. He's going to be 27. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be close to 30 Dawson Knox. He's pretty like situation dependent. A hundred percent agree. You with know, that. Schultz is just, you know, he's basically where he is in the dynasty rankings because of his 2023 target share. Mm-hmm. That's the reason he's there. Gerald Everett, no way. You know, maybe, maybe a guy like Noah Fant. Still pretty young. Maybe a guy like Noah Fant, 25. Stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. Then a guy with that profile finally putting it together at age 25. That might be an interesting dart throw for a complete teardown, hopeless rebuild. Right. They get another quarterback, like Hendon Hooker in the second. All Albert Kuigbunum is it. perfect. Oh, you Albert, Albert for sure. because he's going to end up breaking out on another team. Right. He's young enough. Right. He's got the profile. Think about all these players. You know that Martellus Bennett didn't break out on his original team, right? You know, no, Greg right. Olson didn't break out on his original team, right? Exactly. Yep. Right. The Carolina Panthers didn't draft Greg Olson. No, they did not. The Bears okay. did. Right? And that's right. Yeah. And you know, the Giants didn't draft Martellus Bennett. Mm-hmm. So it was the Cowboys. Right. Martellus Bennett was trapped behind Jason Witten. Yeah, he was their blocker when they drafted him. That's right. So yeah. a lot of these guys at tight end, they don't really break out to their second team. Mm-hmm. So Akuik Bonham is the absolute poster child for what we're talking about. Absolute. You want to fit the. You want to make sure that you're you're designing your roster so that the, all the cylinders are firing in your winning window. So if you've picked the twenty five, we've talked about how to get your quarterbacks ready for twenty five. What to do at running back at twenty five, receiver, tight ends, that last touch where if you can get that, those guys going as well in that window, we don't know what's going to happen in twenty twenty five. Tight ends are so volatile. You have a guy like Trey McBride who kind of marinates, like percolate. I think the word you used. Yeah, you know who my tight ends would be. After a bunch of trades, my t- I'd be rolling with two tight ends, a Kuik Boonham and Dan Bellinger. 
Okay. That's what would happen, right? Mm-hmm. And we, how many cautionary tales have we seen with a guy like Darren Waller who suddenly starts picking up a bunch of injuries, mm-hmm. he flashes top three seasons, and the next thing you know, he's 31 and he's out of the league. Right. This could absolutely happen, especially given his super volatile, chaotic early seasons of his career. He puts it together for a brief period and then his career derails for whatever reason. There's a bunch of reasons these careers can derail. If you close your eyes and think about the Darren Waller career arc and other receivers and and tight ends we've seen back through time, we could be looking at Dan Bellinger as the starting tight end for the Giants next year. And a lot of people are really excited about it. And he's because he he flashed this year, like in his second year in the league, he's got a great athletic profile. Waller misses games. Bellinger flashes. Somehow, some way, the Giants move on from Waller after a year. Next thing you know, Bellinger's the starter next year. Mm-hmm. Right? Or we talked about Albert Kugboonham gets traded, has an amazing breakout, like melts faces in the month of December. Right. On a new team with possibly yeah. a better fit. For yeah. Him. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, it, it's just the lack of imagination when you hear people analyze player possibilities amuses me right yeah like why would you be bullish on this guy he's not going to get any touches why would you why do you like this guy he's 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 a ghost it's a pretty good dr evil you're doing right now right why would you why would you like this guy (laughs) right i mean it's like uh why not like this guy you really think nfl teams always make the right roster decisions right I mean, what? we saw that in Denver. We talk about Albert O. The second Hackett was hightailed, the, the interim head coach in was it the first week of practice was like, this Albert O guy is pretty good at football. You know that? <laughs> I mean, what? We see this in all sports. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? We, we It comes out later. Oh, with the U.S. men's national soccer team. Oh, the coach was feuding with Gio Reyna. Mm-hmm. And, like, his parents were involved. And it was a total yeah, mess. Yeah. yeah. And that's why he wasn't starting. Like, okay. Yeah. That's what these coaches do. They're these all powerful egomaniacs and they make some oh, crazy yeah. fucking decisions. Yes. And they do some yes. egomaniacal things. They have their and own. And it's not always the player's yeah. fault that they exactly. don't get the opportunity they deserve. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So Matt, are you ready to tell everyone your golden rule for taking over an orphan roster? And then we'll send everyone on their merry way on this beautiful Sunday afternoon here in New England. The golden rule for taking over a an orphan roster is Know when you want to be competitive and set yourself up to allow great players to emerge on whatever schedule they're going to be on, right? That really, and that's a, that's a wacky, hacky golden rule, but you, you want to accumulate as much young asymmetrical upside as possible while at the same time, asymmetrical upside at value as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. While at the same time, respecting the fact that you're going to be you have three buy ins coming up and that you really don't have the luxury of expensive speculative assets. Right. Okay. Love it. And the beauty is the beauty is if you just load up on cheap, young speculative assets, your team's probably going to be real bad. Yep. Pretty bad. I agree with that. But it's okay. fun. It's fun that. to look at a team like that and be like, God, man, if things break right, holy cow. You don't want to be a team that needs a lot of things to break right. That's going to be the episode. Matt, thank you so much for joining. Go ahead and plug anything you got coming out on the horizon. What do we not have coming up? You know what we have coming up? Oh, tell it to them. 
the NFL draft shows. We're going to be live, 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 live in Kansas City. Kansas oh. City? <laughs> yes. This this barbecue sauce is made in New York City. <laughs> you, you don't remember that, do you? No, no but no. if you would have kept it on the draft, Let I us know it was in yours. the chat. Let us know in the chat if you remember the Casey Masterpiece barbecue sauce commercials oh, from man, probably 20, 30 years ago. Like they they would they would pull out like the the number one barbecue sauce in the grocery store, right? And and, and this guy was like, "Oh, Kansas City masterpiece barbecue sauce is the best barbecue sauce," right? <laughs> yeah. And and then uh, it's much better than this barbecue sauce. And he's like, "Oh, I like this barbecue sauce." And the guy grabs the bottle, looks at it, looks at the. He goes, "This is made in New York City, <laughs> New York City." And then I'm like, "Wait a second." Wait, what? Nobody makes barbecue sauce in New York City. You know how expensive <laughs> it is to make anything in New York City. Like yeah. the only thing they, the only things they make in New York City is like ad copy and like uh, you know, uh, financial like financial assets. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Like Mortgage-backed yep. securities and uh, Vogue. everything that the Big Short was about. The movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Mortgage-backed. Yeah. I think all the only thing they make in New York City is like mortgage-backed securities and advertising magazine copy yeah like that's yeah, what yeah. that's what's actually made if you actually want something that's actually made in new york there's a handful of things and then of course there's a there's a few cool things like nathan's famous hot dogs yeah you know they have some random great stuff hagen das maybe i don't that's know new york i think so actually okay we'll look so we'll i think there's that. a few yeah. things right there's a few cool things and then you have the like the, in terms of their their industries, right? Yeah, banking and advertising. Sure, there's no way. Like I don't believe it. Like I don't even believe that commercial doesn't even doesn't even like ring true. That the barbecue <laughs> sauce would be made. Where in New York are they making barbecue sauce? Really? Hey, show me the show me the, the factory. <laughs> yeah, New York. You haven't been to the big. You haven't been to the big barbecue sauce factory in in Manhattan. I know this. Yes, that's the thing, right? You're like, oh yeah. You, so right out of Grand Central, you take a left, you go past the barbecue sauce factory. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? If you hit the honey mustard factory, you've gone too far. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So there's the Waldorf, and then next to the Waldorf, you get you got to go past the barbecue sauce factory. Like, <laughs> no. I heard that the yeah. residents, you know, where the sriracha is made in California, there's a factory where they make sriracha and the, the, a lot of the residents banded together and they, they filed an ordinance, uh, sort of dispute yeah, because of the smell. Oh, I can really, because there's something about how they make sriracha in the factory that mm -hmm. the smell is really bad for whatever reason. It's just, I you know, how the process okay. works, fermenting and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, we're going to Kansas City. We're Can't gonna wait. be eating genuine, real deal Kansas City barbecue. Mm -hmm. We've got five media passes for the NFL draft. We're gonna have uh guys like Anand Nanduri, myself, so many others. Mm -hmm. You're going. Oh, yeah. We're gonna be there live coverage every round, every minute. You know, Jack Cavanaugh is gonna be there. He's gonna have his Adam Schefter newsroom set up. Uh, so we're gonna be able to throw it to people, you know on the ground at the draft breaking news with Jack. So we're going to, we're going to step it up. Like every year, the goal is to elevate the production value. 
So we will be there live on YouTube. Tune in. Mark your calendars. It's going to be great. Oh, cannot wait for that. And I uh, thanks again for joining the show. That's episode 31. Listeners, I will be back next week. So I'll see you later. Peace.